Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about the present proceeding word of God, and every believer lives by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's proceeding word. Notice it's faith is not tomorrow's faith, yesterday's faith, it's now faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's now. That grows from faith to faith, from glory to glory, growing in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ that we have in the last book in our Bibles is that final revelation of Jesus, of King of kings and Lord of lords. We know that he is the King of glory. We know that he is our Savior. We know that he's our healer. We get to know Jesus in all the various attributes that he is. He is the Father of glory, manifest in flesh, in the days of his flesh. Now he is that quickening spirit. He is the Holy Ghost. He is our healer, Jehovah Rapha. He is uh, that one that gives peace above all, not as the world gives, God's peace he gives us. Well, Jehovah Shalom, all Jehovah Tadishkidu, the Lord our righteousness, all the different attributes of God. We have to learn in a personal relationship in God, growing up in him in all things and all truth. Now that's faith. But we add to our faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. Knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience. We don't ever stop. Patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is the epoch. It's the final growth in the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. That's a man-child caught up to God too strong. That is not Pentecostal revelation. It is throne room revelation, which is revealed to the body of Christ in these days, the last days, the days that we're living in now. What shall befall thy people in the latter days? That's a song of Moses. According to the oak to the tribes. We see that in Habakkuk. And the oak to the tribes uh, in that song of Moses, it mentioned thy tumim and urim. Notice it's reversed. The first is last and the last is first. Urim and tumim is how God answered the high priest in the Old Testament. There Jesus in his eyes of fire. That's Uri. And it yields forth perfections to me. But we find in the Song of Moses that one time in the word of God, it stated thy to me and thy Urim reversed. And the question is why? Well, because Urim is the fire of the Holy Ghost. The to me is perfections, plural. When we reverse that, that we have come to the measure of the stature and fullness of Christ, and it reveals that in thy to me and thy urine. Perfections <clears throat> to me because of urine, the fire of the Holy Ghost. What does it mean? Well, it means that we come into the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. Not just cloven tongues of fire appearing, and setting on each one of us, as in the Pentecostal move of the Holy Ghost, 
And that was a great move, a moderate reign in the former reign of the Holy Ghost. In Acts, the second chapter, we see that. But that was an embryonic church, starting out as an infant baby church, growing to little children, to little children, to young men, young men, to these days, fathers. Now, in the last day reign of the Holy Ghost, it's the latter reign. Then the former reign, cloven tongues of fire appeared and set on each one of them. But in the latter reign, far, far greater. <clears throat> Somebody said, what is the difference? Well, the latter reign of the Holy Ghost, we have uh, angels, spirits, his ministers, a flame of fire. We're not just cloven tongues of fire setting on each one of us. We are turned into fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost. That means our power is gone. All that we have in the flesh has been crucified with the affections and the lust, and we come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. That is the last day work of the ministry, where in Psalm 149, the judgments written and punishments upon the people are given to the saints of God. That's not natural, natural Israel. That's the church of the living God. <clears throat> this honor have all the saints. To render the judgments written, punishments upon the people to bind their kings in uh, chains and fetters of iron. Bind the kings in chains and, and nobles in fetters of iron. This honor have all the saints. The ones that are sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body. Now, that is the truth of the present word of God, where we are today and now faith. Very few notice and have the realization in that truth that we are in now a different season. Oh, they say, well, where's wars and rumors of wars in China and Taiwan, Russia, Ukraine, what we have in the... Iranian proxy coming against Israel. Yes, wars and rumors of wars. But not realizing we're in a different season. The Lord stated that he would rise to do his work. We're all called for the work of the ministry. You'll see that in Ephesians 4.11. That's what each one of us are called for in the body of Christ. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. What is this work? Well, it's not just going door to door and with a track in your hand and saying, Know you the Lord Jesus. No. It's publishing and preaching this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. It's a proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ in fullness and power of the Holy Ghost. Not a Trinity gospel either the true gospel of Jesus Christ, the Holy One of Israel. But that's by revelation. And that is the doctrine of Christ. We must be established in that doctrine of Christ. And that is a mystery. It's now being revealed, always has been. Paul stated that in Colossians 2. The mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why was it hidden? 
because it's only revealed to those of a pure heart. Jesus stated in John 16, I will no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I'll show you plainly of the Father. Plainly of the Father? And Jesus stated, Yea, the time is coming. When he's glorified, obviously he's talking about his glorification when he's glorified back to the Father's own self, John 17, 5, with the glory he had with the Father before the world was, before he, Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, made himself of no reputation to take on the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men. Who is that? The Father revealed, Emmanuel, God with us. Very few understand that. So Christ is now being taught throughout the world in the true revelation of Christ. Is it a oneness doctrine? No, it's not. It's a Jesus-only doctrine. What's the difference? Well, it's a gross difference. A tremendous difference between a oneness doctrine of the God-man that on his father's side, he is divine, therefore, thus, son of God. On his mother's side, he's human, thus, son of man, thus, the God-man. The Chalcedonian definition in the Ecumenical Council, and that's sent out of 451 A.D., which is a complete lie, stating in that Chalcedonian definition, the Son of God, according to his Godhead, claimed by the Chalcedonian definition, which is an error, that the Son of God, according to his Godhead, was begotten of the Father before the world was. Straight out lie. Spirit, Father, never begat Spirit Junior. There's no such thing. Now, the ones that are following God are seeing it now in the true revelation of Jesus Christ. And the ones that do are the ones that will be sealed in Revelation 7 in the apocalyptic sealing of the servants of God in their forehead. That's not national Israel. That's a church of living God. God's doing it now. Preparing us for the last great reign of his strength, for the last day harvest of souls. The time where the least to the greatest all will know the Lord Jesus Christ, that he alone is God, the blessed and only potentate, who only hath their mortality dwelling in the light, which no other man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. That he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. There's not another, there's not a junior. He is that God, he is that spirit. Second Corinthians 3.17. But it has to be taught. Has to be established in the doctrine of Christ, which is the foundation of the church. Very few churches have taught Christ that Christ is every office of the Spirit. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is the Son of the Living God. Christ is the Son of Man. Christ is all. And that is the mystery that the revelation of Jesus Christ is God revealed Emmanuel, God with us, and the work of the ministry will be a strange work, what we're all called for. Bringing to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it. Don't laugh at it. Don't make fun of it. Don't mock it. Because God uh, there will make and harden our hearts if we do lest our hearts be made strong, as he did with Pharaoh. This work has surprised the hypocrites, those that went to church never understanding the work they were called for. 
never understanding that there was more than just being born again, that they were to grow up to little children, not newborn babes, that desire the sincere milk of the word, that they may grow thereby, they have to grow. But they may go to little children. And the little children have known that he is the father. They know that Jesus is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the father of glory, and there's not another. That's the little children. Very few have reached that state. But then, the ones that go on to know the Lord, that his going forth is prepared as the morning, he will come to us as the rain, the former and the latter rain. And God hath long patience uh, until he receives that harvest of souls, both the former and the latter rain. James tells us that in the book of James. He's doing it now. Well, what is this work, this strange work? What is this act, this strange act? What is this work of the ministry that we are all called for in the true body of Christ? What is it? Well, Isaiah 28 tells us about this work. That judgment will be laid to the line, righteousness to the plummet. That's the work of the ministry by which line we will all be judged by. That's what we see in Revelation 11, 1. Verse 1. There's a ray like a rod given to me saying, rise, measure the temple of God. What? We are that temple of God. No, you're not. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without, leave out and measure it not. Why? Because the rod of God is not upon the head of the wicked, only upon the temple of God. Those that I love, Jesus said, I chasten. And if any man be without chastisement, of which all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. So the church right now that is increased with goods in Laodicea, much what we see throughout the entire world, and the denominal Protestant churches throughout the world is that of Laodicea. I'm increased for goods. I have need of nothing. I'm clothed, fed, and have need of nothing. That's Laodicea. But Jesus said, Knowest thou not your poor, wretched, naked, and destitute? I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. And he talks about whom he loves, he chastens. And that is where we're at now. The chastening rod of God is upon the church of the living God to get us to move on, not to stay in a Pentecostal grove where God used to move, but now he has changed into a new season and we're still standing in a Pentecostal season of God thinking that's all there is and God has already changed us into a new season of tabernacles and very few understand that. And because we don't, God, in his mercy, uses a chastening rod to measure the temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein to get us to move on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. That's what's happening now. It's a work. We're all called for the work of the ministry. Take a look at it. In Ephesians 4, verse 11, that he gave gifts unto men, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto that full stature of Jesus. A man-child kind of forgotten to his throne. Throne room revelation, not Pentecostal, but within the veil. And everything you see in the book of the Revelation 
from Revelation 4 on is a throne room revelation. It's not Pentecostal. It's tabernacle. They are not called Pentecostals. They're called tabernacleists. Why? Because we're in a new season. Those that understand that are going on to the measure of the statute of fullness of Christ, believing the word of God and taking that will of God and that purpose of God in their life to grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth and all faith. These are the ones that God will use and will have the sealing of God in Revelation 7 in the apocalyptic sealing of the servants of God in their forehead with the mind of Christ. Sealed with the word of God because they are the fathers. They're not newborn babies desiring the sincere milk of the word because the newborn babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness. Hebrews 5 tells us that. But then we go to little children. Why little children? Because now we have the revelation that Jesus is the Father of glory. The little children have known the Father. 1 John 2, 12-14. I write to you young men, because the word of God is strong in you. You've overcome the wicked one. You've been through the battles. And you've overcome the wicked one by faith. And now there's one more step. That's where we are now. It's called fathers. I write to you fathers. That's a small f. We're not talking about patriarchs. We're talking about fathers in the body of Christ. And he says there, I've written to you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. I've written unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. John in his epistle says it twice. First John, second chapter, verse 13 and 14. He says it twice. Why? Because I've known him that's from the beginning. I write unto you and I have written unto you. Those things are before and behind. They have eyes before and behind. Why? Because they're the living Zoe. They are the living creatures before the throne of God. They are the lion, man, calf, and eagle, which are not angels. They are the church of the living God in a higher glory than Pentecost. They are in throne room revelation. As John states there in Revelation 4, verse 1, to show unto us, the servants of God, things which must shortly come to pass, and signified it by his angel unto John. In Revelation 4, 1, there was a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with John, saying, come up hither and I will show you things. That's the things of faith that will come to pass hereafter. And there he is now in the throne room, seeing a higher revelation than Pentecost. He's seeing what Paul saw in the Pentecostal reign in Hebrews 9, verse 5, a worldly sanctuary with a divine service. And Hebrews 9, 5, he said, the cherry beams of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which now we cannot speak particularly. Why? Because it wasn't time. The cherubim shadowing uh, that mercy seat is the cherubim or the zoe or the living creatures uh, or the sealing of the saints of God in their forehead that we see in Revelation 11. I'll give power to my two witnesses. That's the church of the living God. Somebody said, no, that's two men, two prophets. No, it's not. 
It's the church of the living God. We know who the two witnesses are. Jesus stated that and gave it to us in, in John 8, 13 through 27. And he stated there, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, you bear record yourself, Jesus, your record's not true. You're not God Almighty, you're not the Father. Much of what they're saying today. And Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. I am the Father, Word, the Holy Ghost. I am the Spirit of God, manifest and seen in a body of flesh and blood. Then he goes on and explains the testimony of Jesus. He explains the witness, the witnesses, uh, the two witnesses of Revelation 11. Jesus states that right in Rome, in John 8, 13 through 27. Jesus says, it's written in your law, the testimony. That's the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of true men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself. There's one witness. He's in the body of his flesh. And my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. There's your other witness. That's the body with the spirit. Then notice, the Pharisees didn't get it. said, where is your father? The same thing that the denominational churches say today. How can you say Jesus is father? Where is the father? He's sitting up in heaven and Jesus is standing on the right hand. No, Jesus is the father seated on that throne and we are the ones that are seated together in heavenly places at the right hand of God, stating that in Ephesians 1. When he said Jesus that he's wrong, not on right hand in heavenly places, is what he brought to usward, the body of Christ. We're made to sit together in heavenly places for the place that Jesus prepared for us. But where did he go? Well, Revelation 3.21 tells us where he went. To him that overcometh, not only newborn babies, not just little children, not just young men, but the overcomers, the ones that are sealed, that proclaim this everlasting gospel to all the world, for witness in all nations, and overcomes to the end, him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. I've made a place and prepared it for you. But where did you go, Jesus? Notice that's, we sit with me, S-I-T, like sit, positional. Even as I overcame, where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, not S-I-T, no. S-E-T, like settled forever, pasteos, always has been, not positional, but stated, always has been God, always will be God, that's Jesus Christ. And he states there, even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, down with my father, beside the throne, no, around the throne, no, in his throne. Where's Jesus? That is Jesus Christ, the power of God, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost on His vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. He is the Word of God. Revelation 19, 13. He is the Father of glory. John 8, 24. Jesus said, except you believe that I am He, the Father, you shall die in your sins. He is the Christ, which is every office of the Spirit of God, which is the Father, which is the Son, which is the Son of Man, Son of God, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, every office of the Spirit is Christ. 1 John 2, verse 22. Who's a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that has denied the Father and the Son. 
Why? Because Christ is the Father, the invisible Spirit of God, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Spirit. Christ is, always has been, God. But he also, to redeem us, made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, in order to die for us under the law. There, that's the Son of God, which is the Father revealed, not a separate person. And there we have in 1 John 2.22 that if we say that Jesus is not the Christ, we're an antichrist. Well, because we have denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Father, the invisible Spirit of God that always has been, always will be God, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost. But he's also denied the Son. Why? Because the Son of God is the Father revealed, Christ revealed in the days of his flesh. But it's one and the same Spirit. Most do not understand that. And we have not been taught Christ. We're not established in the doctrine of Christ. And until we are, then we will not grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth. Because the foundational truth is Christ. He is the Son of the living God, which is the Father revealed. There we see that in Matthew 17, Matthew 16, and we see the work of ministry in Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration. Matthew 16, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter revealed it. And uh, he is called Peter from that time on. Petros, the piece of the rock. And uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He has the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What he binds on earth shall be bound in heaven. Lucifer on earth, loose in heaven. He is the administrator on the day of Pentecost. He's the one officiating. Acts 2.38, he gives the weight to be born again of water and the spirit. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins, born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the spirit. Who's this to? It's promising to you, to your children, to a many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord are God shall call. So friend, if we or you know anyone that has not been born of the water and the spirit, according to Acts 2.38, somebody said, well, I, I gave Jesus my life. I asked him to come into my heart. Well, friend, that's before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Somebody said, well, the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross was before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Somebody said, well, he went to paradise. Paradise was not heaven. When Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise, he did not go to heaven. Jesus didn't first ascend. He first descended to the heart of the earth and went to paradise or Abraham's bosom where the spirits of just men were shut up in prison and preached to those spirits and took them out of that prison and removed and moved paradise, moved that Abraham's bosom, the spirits of just men made perfect into heaven with him. Not their souls, not their bodies, but their spirits. And we see that in Hebrews 12. You've come to that heavenly Jerusalem, to the church and assembly of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. Jesus mediated the coming of a new comfort of angels. And what? Well, he's the father of glory. And to spirits of just men made perfect. But there still remains the bodily resurrection. And only those that come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, a church without spot, without blemish, are going to be raised on that resurrection day. 
And all the others will not be resurrected until after the millennial. Blessed and holy is, that, holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. We must make that first resurrection. He is the resurrection and the life. That is the work that he's doing now, preparing the body of Christ for this strange work and bringing to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it, lest your bands be made strong. As I said, because I've heard of the Lord of hosts, a consumption decreed upon the whole earth. Oh, earth, earth, earth. Hear you the word of the Lord. Judgment he will lay to the line. Righteousness of the plummet and will measure the body of Christ. Those that are worthy, that do the will of God and the purpose of God, of whichever joint supplies, identifying himself in love through the supply of the Spirit, will be sealed. The ones that are not will be tormented and will not be able to stand in these lasting evil days. So we want to give you an invitation to bring this Christ to your church, to your body, to your city, to your nation. Hear the true words of God. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Notice that in Genesis 3.24, he said, Cherubim at the east end of the garden of God along with that flaming sword, turning every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. The cherubim there are the living creatures of the Zoe, are the ones that are sealed and will proclaim this gospel to all the world for witness of all nations, starting at in Revelation 6 and one of the four beasts that come and see. They are the ones proclaiming, proclaiming the everlasting gospel. We must press toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We must hit that mark. If we don't, then woe, woe, woe be in us. Take heed how we hear. For the same measure we meet with all, be measured to us again. We receive the word of God to him that hath, he'll have the more. But to him that does not receive this present proceeding word of God, he'll be taken away even that which he has. It is up to us to go on into the present truth of God in this season. And even the prophets that are running their hatred and what? Hatred in the house of their God. And the prophets, it says, in the last days are foolish. Speaking things of peace when there is no peace. Find the truth. Find the will of God for your life and the purpose of God. And let Him literally settle you, strengthen you, and make you perfect. That after you've suffered for a little while, He will establish strength and make you perfect. God said He to do it. That, that is determined will be done. He will lose none of his, but we must follow him on to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and the perfection. Don't let anybody tell you any different. There we need to hear about it. You want this in your city, your nation? You want this in your church? Contact us. Uh, contact information is on the screen. All you have to do is contact us any of these locations or any of uh, the the media, platforms, and we'll get right back to you. Now we're praying for each one of you, each one on the body of Christ, that God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.